There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Down the blind, Andrew John. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle and won. G'day guys, welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. Going to go through and answer a few more of your questions to round out the week. These questions were sent in a little bit earlier. So we've got five or six questions I'm going to go through. The first one from Reese 312 Do you think it could be worth bringing back the World All-Stars team in the preseason? Really interesting concept from Sam Goldsmith, 56. Who is the Newcastle Knights six next year? Stay with Gamble or put in Cogger? Uh, Xavier Mason, 22. Do you see either KPP or Price making the starting lineup for the Knights next year? So we've got a bit of a Newcastle flow going on. Uh, from Link underscore Keep, I really like this question. Do you think utility players' careers are often hurt by not finding one position? Example, Watson Peachy man. Really interesting one there. Kieran underscore 16. Are you going to do content with Jacko Hastings and Sowie this offseason? Andrew Sampson, 2009. All the dogs' marquee signings of late are backs, but our pack is the biggest issue. Would you agree? Now, to be fair to Andrew, that question was sent in a few days ago, uh, so I'm sure that even Andrew's mind would have maybe changed a little bit on that, but I do think it's a very fair point when you look through that Canterbury side. So we'll get stuck into all those questions in that order, guys. Our first one. Comes from Reese 312 Do you think it could be worth bringing back the World All-Stars team in the preseason? I'll tell you what, Reese. I would love to see it back. I really enjoyed the concept myself. Uh, you will remember that what they used to do was I think they had a squad of like 20 or something. Uh, they would automatically put in the Kangaroos and the Kiwis captain. And then the rest of the team was essentially decided by votes from fans. So you would need to have one player from every single team uh, that would be, you know, fan favourites voted in by fans. I think there was a bit of a discretion thing from coaches because uh, obviously, you know, for example, like there'd probably be, you know, if you were to, you know, 
get fans to vote for someone from Newcastle, KP would win. From the Broncos, you're probably getting Reese Walsh. Uh, you know, like there'd be a lot of fullbacks that would get in. A lot of superstar fullbacks would make their way in. Melbourne Storm might be like a Ryan Pappenhausen. Uh, Manly, you'd probably get Tommy Turbo. South Sydney, you'd probably get Luttrell. Uh, so obviously, I think it was Wayne Bennett back in the day. Uh, he used to sort of look at the top. I think it was three to five that got voted in because um, you obviously need front row forwards and not many teams. Maybe Brisbane, Payne Haas to get it. Maybe Canberra, go, Joe Tapanay. Uh, but for a lot of teams, you probably wouldn't pick your second rowers, your your front row forwards, these sort of guys. So there was a bit of discretionary that came into it from the coaches to be able to build a good team. Uh, but if you do remember, the issue always was that you would end up with so many players pulling out because it is the preseason. They don't want to risk getting injured. They don't want to play that extra game. And to be honest with you, from the players' perspective, when you see behind the scenes how much these guys put their bodies through and everything, I kind of get it, to be honest with you. And from a club's perspective, there is not a fucking hope in hell I would be sending my superstar off to that. Uh, I think that what we've got now is a much better way to do it. You've got the Indigenous All-Stars, the Maldi All-Stars. Uh, both sides are passionate about what they're doing. I know the All-Stars, was, you know, a good concept. Uh, but at the end of the day, the NRL All-Stars, it just I, I just don't think it really meant that much to the players that were wearing that compared to the uh, Indigenous side that there was a lot of pride in that. There was a lot of culture that went into that. And I think we're better off having uh, the Maldi All-Stars and the Indigenous All-Stars instead of just throwing together a heap of NRL stars. I think that, it you know, it gets to like, not an origin level sort of thing, but like the passion that those players have for those jerseys and those communities, uh, I think it's the much better way to do it. So, like, in in theory, I love the idea of the NRL All-Stars. I thought it was so much fun. I really enjoyed it back in the day, uh, but I just don't think it'll work anymore. And I, I personally, I don't even think it's worth trying because I just think it'll fall on its ass. That's my biggest worry uh, with the uh, NRL 9s, if we bring that back as well, that there won't really be too many guys that will show up in that. Uh, but... I think the advantage of the NRL eyes was that you got to see all these young guys coming through. Uh, and for, for a lot of people, like I remember the year the Roosters won it, you know, that would have been the first time a lot of people would have seen Connor Watson, Joey Manu, these sort of guys. I still remember Joey Manu doing a flick pass uh, in that game. So I think the the NRL 9s is something I would love to see back. It'll be interesting now because we used to have 16 teams. Now we've got 17. So I don't know how they would do uh, the NRL All-Stars. Sort of no, now that we've got uneven numbers, no matter how you do it, one team's going to be out. So I think it would be a fucking fantastic opportunity to maybe introduce, uh, you know, the Indigenous All-Stars uh, or maybe you could introduce the Indigenous uh, to Maldi All-Stars and then have, you know, one other team. I'm not sure what, what it would be. Maybe a team from the Super League comes over. Uh, maybe you have like a PNG team. I'm not sure how you do it, but I'd be very, very keen to see how they make it work, you know. Uh, I, I just think that that'd be very cool to see. Uh, so, yeah, I think the the NRL nines, I would like to see that come back because you do get an opportunity to see a lot of the young guys. But I think the All-Stars, uh, I just think it's a bit of a wasted game to put them up against the Indigenous All-Stars. Let's put, you know, two proud cultures head-to-head and watch them go at it because there's so much passion that goes into that game. Uh, and even, you know, even if players pull out of that game with injuries and whatnot and you're going to, you know, your reserve-grade players and whatnot, at least they are passionate about the jersey they're wearing. It's one of their career highlights. So uh, personally, I don't want the NRL All-Stars back. I think that what we've got right now is a much better product, but it was a pretty cool process. I actually always thought the process of picking the team was a lot more exciting than when the team actually played itself. Uh, but great question, Reese. I'd love to know your guys' thoughts on that one as well. From Sam Goldsmith. 
Who is the Newcastle Knights? Six next year. Stay with Gamble or put in Cogger? Uh, for me personally, I know that Jack Cogger had an unbelievable game in that grand final. Uh, but I think the thing that people need to realize is that, you know, when Cogger came on in that game, he played halfback. He didn't play 5'8". Uh, obviously, he came on for Jerome Luai. But him and Cleary completely swapped roles. Uh, and if you watch what Jack Cogger did so well in that game was just squaring up the line. And, you know, it's no shock to me uh, that... You know, Kalen Ponga wins a Dahlia medal and has the best season of his career, essentially, as soon as he's got a halfback that squares up in Jackson Hastings. Uh, so for me, who would I rather have as my halfback? I would rather have Jacko, without a doubt. No bias in that. I think he is a better footballer. I think his kicking game's better. Uh, I think he's got a, a, a better temperament for the game as well. But Jack Cogger, to have him in the squad, I think it's a really good pick. But I think to put Jack Cogger into the 5'8 role based on what he did in the grand final, uh, it's just a little bit illogical to me. He played a completely different role. Uh, if he comes in the preseason, he absolutely brains it and he, you know, as a 5'8", he outplays Tyson Gamble in the trials, then it's a completely different conversation. But based on what we've seen so far, Gamble would still be my 5'8". Um, I probably don't have Cogger in my team right now, which is wild considering he's a grand final hero. But at the end of the day, Jack Cogger, Jackson Hastings, they aren't your absolute superstar halfbacks. They're going to have highlights to blow the game away. They are system guys that you build around because they provide a certain role and they provide that certain role consistently. Adam Clune, who they also had in the squad this year, was exactly the same. And that's why when Jacko went down, I went, you know, who would I rather have at halfback, Hastings or uh, Adam Clune? I said, I'd definitely rather have Hastings. But the gap between the two isn't going to be massive. And you saw Adam Clune come in and do a tremendous job, played a very similar role to Jacko. And once again, I think that if Hastings or Gamble does go down, uh, I think Cogger will come in and do a tremendous role, especially if Jackson goes down. I think they can play a very, very similar role. So for me... When you've got two halfbacks like that, I would keep them both as sevens. I would allow Tyson Gamble to play 5'8". The other one, which we'll talk about soon, is Will Price as well. We need to keep an eye on him. Uh, he's one that I'm low-key really excited to see in the NRL. I wasn't as hyped when they signed him, but things that I've watched since then, I reckon he could be a little bit of a wild card for the Newcastle Knights. He's going to be a big watch in the preseason for me. Great question there from Sam Goldsmith56. For me, though, I would still be running with Tyson and gamble responsibly simply because of the role that Cogger plays and I think that they need a little bit more out of that 5'8 role when you're running with a halfback like Jacko. Alright Xavier Mason 22, another Newcastle Knights question. Novacastrians they're on the roll. Do you see either KPP or Will Price making the starting lineup for the Knights next year? Uh, I, I think that Kai Pierce-Paul will be in the side somewhere. Where that is I'm not too sure and to be honest with you I'm not convinced what position he will play. I watched quite a bit of Kai when he was in the Super League about a year or two ago when he first signed. I was very excited about him. I have to admit to you guys I haven't watched much of him since but when I saw him back then I sort of thought okay I reckon he'll come into the NRL as a centre but I think he'll transition to the back row. I've had a few people suggest that he'll play on the wing. I'm not quite sure if he's made for the wing in the NRL. We will see, though. I, I wouldn't rule him out of it. As I said, I haven't watched him over the last year or so, so maybe things have changed. But I do think he's a guy with a really nice offload. Uh, he's got really good balance. He's just he's hard to handle. So I think that Kai Pierce-Paul, it wouldn't surprise me if he ends up being the left-edge back rower. I think that'd be super exciting. But I believe from memory, most of the games that he played was on the right side. So obviously the center spot's already taken. I don't think he'll get a jersey off Dane Gagai or Bradman Best. But you might find potentially 
Obviously, they move Gagai to the wing. Maybe Kai Pierce Paul into the centers. I probably wouldn't. I think I'd be leaving Gagai there. So maybe there is a spot on the wing for him. Will Price, a very, very interesting guy. Now, I think when we're talking 5'8", everyone's automatically going Tyson Gamble, Jack Cogger. Price is the real wild card. It wouldn't surprise me if he potentially does get that jersey at some point. Uh, do I think he'll get it round one? Probably not. Uh, but it wouldn't surprise me if he sort of comes into form the more the season goes on. I reckon there's a good chance that if they have an injury at fullback, he might get a gig there as well at some point. So Lockie Miller was sort of the backup last year. I think that uh, Price at some point, he's going to play an important role for the Newcastle Knights. As I said, guys, I haven't watched a stack of him in the Super League. But what I have seen, he looks pretty handy. And based on what the Newcastle Knights did with Dom Young, uh, I reckon that they could get something out of these two. So just two little wild cards to watch, especially come trials time. And I think there will be one point next season, especially super coach wise and stuff, where one of or both of these guys are going to be pretty relevant in this Newcastle side. I think they're building a very, very nice squad, the Newcastle Knights. And hopefully this year, this season isn't flash in the pan stuff. Hopefully it just becomes more and more consistent next year. And I think as well, you got to remember what KP did in 2023. Uh, obviously came back last 10 games of the season, won the Dalian medal, was the best player in the competition for the last 10 weeks. Uh, you need to keep in mind that he had a preseason playing 5-8, putting on a lot of muscle and whatnot. He's going to come into next season solely focused on playing fullback, and I am so excited to see how KP goes with a, a proper fullback preseason under his belt. Because I think as fans, sometimes we underappreciate how much that matters. And when you talk to these guys, you sort of start to understand how important your preseasons are and how important it is to be training for your position. Not so much from like a training perspective, it obviously helps, but just from the way that you build your body in the preseason, those extra few kilos that KP put on to play 5-8, uh, it was really noticeable. And I think towards the back end of the season, he leaned up a little bit and it made a huge, huge difference. I saw some video of him on the bike the other day training for this year's preseason. Um, and just, he looks so much more slim than what he did this time last year. And I think it's a real positive for KP. You don't want those guys with the, the way that he moves and the way that he steps. You don't want him to be carrying any more muscle than he absolutely needs to. So very, very excited about the Newcastle Knights. I think they're in for a good season. All right, Link underscore Keep says, do you think utility players' careers are often hurt by not finding one position? For example, Watson, Peachin, man. Yeah, mate, I genuinely do. Uh, you look at guys, you know, and there's been guys throughout history that have been like this, obviously. I think Kurt Mann's a really good example. Kurt Mann, you know, came through, played all the Queensland junior grades and everything, was a very talented guy. Uh, I think he started... I think he played his SG ball season up at the Newcastle Knights. Uh, ended up down at the Melbourne Storm Dragons. He's bounced around a little bit, Kurt Mann, now at the Newcastle Knights. And still, you know, I, I look at their squad and I go, okay, like he's he's definitely a top 17 player in their squad, but I probably can't fit him in their team realistically. He can play hooker. He can play halfback, 5'8", center, fullback. You can chuck him in at 13. He can do everything, Kurt Mann, but he's, he's very good at everything. But I think because he hasn't been able to lock down a position in first grade, he's probably not unbelievably great great at anything as well. And unfortunately, I think Kurt Mann has probably locked himself into that role moving forward. Unfortunately, it wouldn't surprise me if he leaves the Newcastle Knights. This is the tough thing with being this position. A guy like Phoenix Crossland emerges, who's a great hooker. You have to have him in the side. You've got Jaden, Jaden Braley. All of a sudden, there just simply isn't a spot for Kurt Mann. He can't play in the... Well, he could play in the halves, but those positions are locked down. Can't play in the centres. You've got two gun centres. Chuck him on the wing, but I don't think that's his best position. And fullback, he obviously doesn't even get a... a, a 
a look in on. So I think Kurt Mann, if he's going to play, you know, if he's going to be in a round one 17 in 2024, I think he probably has to move clubs. Uh, so I think it definitely has hurt him. I think Tyrone Peachy, it's hurt him a little bit. He obviously came in as a back rower. Uh, he sort of played a bit of center, a bit of nine, a bit of 5'8", jumped around a little bit. I definitely think it's hurt Peach, but, you know, he gets to the end of 2023 and he's a premiership winner with the Penrith Panthers. They signed him because he can play that role and because he can cover so many positions. So in that situation, it was a positive. I look at the Sydney Roosters, Mitch Orbison, not as much one of these guys, but a similar guy could play center, could play back row, quite often ended up in the on the bench in Jersey 17. I think for a long time in rugby league, we looked at bench players and sort of went, oh, they're not as good as the starting guys. And, you know, I've been pushing this narrative for two or three years now that the game has just changed. The game is played in increments throughout the 80 minutes and your bench guys, they are so fucking important. You see in some games, the game is simply won and lost because of the impact of bench players and which bench players get the better of the side because momentum is swung and it's just so hard to get it back in the modern game. Connor Watson's a good example. I'm not sure where Connor's career is going to end up, to be honest with you. Caught up with him a couple of weeks ago. Uh, He was at the Hello Sport night. We had champion fella. Honestly, couldn't find a better bloke in rugby league. Connor Watson, an absolute legend. Uh, But you know, I look at him and I'm like, okay, what's he going to play last next year? Sandon Smith sort of emerged. Very similar situation up at the Newcastle Knights with Phoenix Crossland. Uh, I think Connor will probably get first dibs at that 14 jersey. I think that the the, the role that they're expecting to play is a bit of lock, a bit of 13, um, and a bit of hooker. I think it depends on Brandon Smith and what his fitness is like heading into the season. Uh, but Connor Watson, he's another one that I think we're going to get to the end of his career and he's going to be just known as a very, very good utility. I think being a utility, though, at times can work in your favour. Uh, I go back and I have a look at the careers of Craig Wing, for example. Could play halfback, could play hooker, could play fullback in the early parts of his career. Uh, and he got into a lot of rep teams simply because of his utility value and how he could cover every position. Sean Berrigan was very similar. Uh, he was an Australian centre. He was a Queensland halfback and he was a Clive Churchill medal winning hooker. So Sean Berrigan is one of the greats. He can do it all. And you have a look at his career. Uh, hadn't really played much hooker until the 2006 season. Michael Ennis is the star starting hooker for the Broncos that year. He gets injured during the season. Wayne Bennett needs to make a change and he moves his kangaroo centre to hooker and he wins a Clive Churchill there. Like, just a natural footballer, Sean Berrigan, who could do it all. So, I think a lot of utility players are hurt by that, but I think there are a lot of them that it works in their favour as well. So, I think a lot of it depends on which club you end up. For example, if Tyrone Peachy played his whole career jumping from club to club without having a real position, you'd probably go, fuck, it's hurt him. But now I'm looking at Tyrone Peachy going, you know what, he's a premiership winner at the Penrith Panthers does maybe it worked out. If Tyrone Peachy was a starting back rower in an NRL team with the and nothing else, does he end up at the Penrith Panthers again? I don't know. If he's a starting centre, does he end up there? I'm not sure. But the fact that he can play second row, lock, hooker, centre, he can jump into the halves if need be, if you, if you need a wild card finish or whatever, I think that's really helped Peach. So it does go both ways. I look at a guy like Chris Flannery, who was very successful in his career, obviously won the 2002 Premiership with the Chooks, but I think he played in four grand finals. And, you know, honestly, if you go and have a look at the career of Chris Flannery, it simply is mind-boggling. He could play front row for the Roosters on Friday night. He could play fucking halfback or 5'8 for the Queensland Maroons on the Wednesday night. And then he could back up on Saturday night for the Roosters again and play on the wing. He was an absolute freak, Chris Flannery. I think he's one of the guys who really sleep on as far as could play every single position on the field. And you have a look through his career. When he was at the Sydney Roosters, I might just get it up now. The amount of position, the amount of positions he played, and the amount of games he played in each position. Ricky Stewart was honestly he would pick his team, then he'd find where a hole was, and he'd just chuck Chris Flannery there, and he would do a job every single time. Let's get up his 
His uh, – oh, God, that hurts me to see he was born in Cowra, New South Wales, but played for Queensland. But uh, we've dealt with that on a number of occasions. You have a look at the career of Chris Flannery. He played nine games at fullback, nine games on the wing, 30 games at centre, 11 games at 5'8", three games at halfback, 117 in the second row, 37 games at lock, and 60 games on the bench. So literally played every single position on the field outside of hooker. Pretty fucking impressive throughout an NRL career. And I guarantee you, if you went through and had a look throughout his career, I bet you at some point he played a bit of nine mid-game because he could just do it all, Chris Flannery. So for some guys, it works in their favor. For other, there's no doubt about it, it does go against them. Uh, from Kieran underscore 16, are you going to do content with Jacko Hastings and Sowie this offseason? Yeah, guys, we've got a group chat. Uh, we are trying to sort that out at the moment. Uh, Sowie's obviously, you know, he, he's got his two beautiful daughters. He's pretty busy at the moment. He's also coaching the Samoan women's team. So he's had a pretty stacked end of the season. Normally the off-season where he's got a little bit less on. He's probably had more on than he's had on in quite some time. So Sowie's very busy with that. Jacko's on one fucking leg at the moment. So he can barely drive. So getting him down to Sydney has been a bit of a tough gig. Uh, the boys kind of want to do it over Zoom, which, which I'm happy to do if we can't do it in studio. Uh, but ideally, I'd rather do it in studio. But we'll have to see how it plays out. At worst case scenario, we will be doing some stuff on Zoom. Uh, but I'm trying to convince the boys to maybe come into the I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Studio. So we'll see how it plays out. But yes, we will be doing some. Cannot wait to pick these two brains. The thing I love about these two is that I think nowadays with some footballers, it's not cool to be a football nerd. It's not cool to love football anymore. These two are fucking football nerds like you and me. They absolutely love it. And the best thing is they embrace it. They embrace loving footy. And I really do hope that the trend starts to change with footballers that they stop fucking worrying about what's... It's it's not cool to be in love with footy and to watch eight games a weekend. Because I'll tell you what, it'll just elevate our game to another level. That's why I love picking the brains of these guys. They're like me. They love the history of the game. They love how positions have developed over time. They love how different players have developed and game and ways that we play the game have developed and the guys that were figureheads in changing the way the game was played. Uh, they're two of my favorite guys to talk to. So yes, there will be content coming with Jacko and Sowie. Uh, I'm just trying to work out how we all make it work to, to uh, produce the best content that we can for you guys. Alright, Andrew Sampson, 2009. All the dogs marquee signings of late are backs, but our pack is the biggest issue. Agree. And I do agree with Andrew. And as I said, off the top, to Andrew's credit, uh, this question was sent in before at the start of the week. So the rumors of Ryan Madison hadn't emerged yet. The signing of Josh Curran hadn't emerged either yet. I do still think that the Bulldogs are a little bit light in the forward pack. They've obviously got Viliami kick out, Jacob Preston uh, on the edges. I think Josh Curran will be the 13. Uh, so I think that's a really nice side there. Front row forwards, after losing TPJ, who I, I don't think is a huge loss, to be honest with you. They weren't getting the best out of him. They weren't happy with what he was producing anyway. So I don't think he's a huge loss. I think that um, obviously Luke Thompson, he's a big loss. And I know they weren't really using him all that much because he was injured and whatnot. But I do think they are going to miss him. Uh, Franklin 
Pele. I'm not sure if he's at the club next year either. Corey Waddell's left. So they are missing a number of forwards. Uh, they've got Liam Knight, who I think will do a job. Uh, Maxi King will be one of the starting front rowers. I like that. Ryan Sutton, he's another very good player to have. So the forwards are a little bit light, but now you add Josh Curran. I like the look of that. Uh, Ryan Madison would be a good addition, but I do think they need to go out and find a proper front row forward to join this team. They need, they need a big alpha in this team. And at the moment, I'm just not seeing it in their pack. Chris Patolo is one I'm excited about. I know that a lot of Canterbury people within the four walls at Canterbury very excited about him last year. He had a couple of injuries and didn't really get to play all that much footy. So he's one to keep an eye on. But they need someone to go with Max King. And at the moment, that's probably where they're lacking a little bit. So hopefully before the season starts, they can land a couple of, or at least one big name front row forward to go there because I think they could have a huge impact. There was rumors that Takiyahu could be going there, which I would love that signing. That would be an unreal one to see. Uh, but they do need another alpha in the front row there, I think. So I agree, mate. They are, they have signed a lot of backs. They're rumored to get a lot of backs uh, as well. But I do think the forward pack is where they need to focus on. But you would have to assume uh, that Seraldo and Gus, they've got a plan and they're working towards it. So interesting to see what they do. But they have lost a couple of really good middles or a couple of solid middles at least. And they do need to replace them. And I agree, mate. Your back line can be as good as you want. You can have Ferrari sitting out there. But if you're not winning the middle in the modern game, uh, you're not going to be able to compete with those top eight sides. With a back line like theirs, you might be able to beat the bottom eight sides without dominating the middle. But against those top teams, you sim- you at least have to match it with them through the middle. There's no doubt about that whatsoever. So a great shout there, Andrew. Guys, thank you for sending in all your questions. Always really appreciate it. Really enjoy this sort of content, just responding to your flat-out questions, whatever they might be. Always thoroughly enjoy it.